podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go, let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest, go on vacation, or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You in? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started? Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast, a podcast celebrating 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you so much for everyone that's been part of the journey so far. Really excited to see where it's going and really excited to break down for the first time the T20 World Cup, which has kicked off yesterday and games today. Four incredible games of cricket. <laughs> I am Rob. This is Rich. Welcome to the podcast. What's going on, Rob? How's it going? All good? We're good. We're good. Celebratory cup of tea to, to go Ooh. with 1,000 subscribers. Living living my best nice. life, Rich, with a cup of tea. That's nice. what I'm doing. All good, mate. Yeah, happy to. Nice little... Uh... Nice little moment to get to, isn't it? A long way to go, but nice. Just do it for a bit of fun, don't we? So always nice to see a few people out there enjoying it. So a long way to continue. Exactly. And if you are brand new, you're just finding us part of this T20 competition, like, subscribe to us. We are available on all platforms of where you may listen to a podcast as well as seeing Mm. um, average-looking faces on YouTube with uh, average-looking haircuts. But Rather than haircuts, let's talk about something that's been really good, mate. And (laughs) there has been four interesting games of cricket, with a couple of them being absolute worldies. Yeah, too right. It got off to a great start, didn't it? Host Oman playing against uh, your neck of the world, Papua New Guinea. Um, What a start to the tournament. I know this is only the qualifying stage, so let's not get overly excited. But for these guys, this could be the tournament for them. So, um, yeah, Oman, the host, got off to an M3. Emphatic start. Uh, 10 wicket wins, set up in large part by their experienced skipper, Zishan Maksud. I feel like he was definitely one of the players that we, we told people to look out for. Um, he ripped through the Papua New Guinea middle order um, after they got off to an absolute shocker. Uh, none for two in the first nine balls, but uh, their captain, Asad Vala, 56, and Charles Amini, 37, got him up to 81. And then it went downhill again from there, didn't it? Staggering to 112 for five before 129 all out. Yikes. Um, it, it, was a, it was a good, good start, wasn't it, for Papua New Guinea? Just they couldn't quite get going. Um, Oman then, basically, the two openers, Jatinder Singh, 73 not out, and Aki Ulias, 50 not out, made light work of the attack, uh, comfortably getting home uh, inside 14 overs. Um, no shortage of man and match nominees for Oman, Rob, uh, but the unbeaten openers, obviously, two wickets for that quick Bilal Khan we spoke about as well. But Zishan Maksud, four wickets, rightly awarded the honour. Uh, Bangladesh up for Oman and we'll, we'll get on to Bangladesh in a minute but I think Oman will be fancying themselves yeah they they looked a genuine outfit mate their openers mm. look like and it, it's it's silly to say they look like re- just really good cricketers they look like Proper someone players. that wasn't mm. overawed by the uh, by the occasion they've been here before mm. and they were the far superior team and it came mm. in moments mate at the start they were two for none 
off two overs, um, Papua mm. New Guinea, and put themselves into a corner through some really good bowling. Bilal Khan mm. swinging it left arm, bowling 83 mile an hour. The bowler from the other end, whose name uh, mistakes me at the moment, Callum Muller, mm. he mm. bowled with good pace, bowling 82, 83 mile an hour. But it was those wickets in clusters. There was a partnership. There was an absolute stupid run out uh, between <laughs> Valor and Amini, which was their whole you know, their whole batting lineup was gone in mm. that moment pretty much with that run out and all chances had gone. And then there was three wickets in the over um, for, mm. for, the, for the spinner. So when you, when you do that to yourself and you've lost five wickets effectively in two overs of a T20 game, you're not going to be coming off too good. But I think the thing for me is when I look at it, I look at a man, they've got a good bowling attack, uh, decent spinners without setting the world alight. The challenge comes for associate nations when they face someone of genuine speed, someone bowling 88, 89, 90 mile an hour, which we've actually seen during this part of the competition. But, you know, touch wood, they've knocked off 130 in 13 overs, going at almost 10 and over, mate. There's, there's no one else. We'll go through the other three games. There's no one else even relatively close to that. No, absolutely. I mean, Papua New Guinea, 129 for nine off their 20. They'll be proud of the effort they put in. They're a together side, aren't they? They might not have the superstars. They've hardly played any cricket either. It's really worth mentioning that. Again, we did talk about that in the, in the preview. Go and listen to bits of the preview. You tagged it as well, Rob, didn't you? You timestamped it so you can just pick and choose which teams you want to listen to. Go and have a listen. But they, they'll be proud of their effort. Again, not patronising, but I think it will be. A, a, they'll be happy to see that. But Oman was superb. The, the rate of scoring as well, 73 not out for Jatinder Singh off 42 balls. Elias playing a little bit more of a holding role in 50 off 43. So absolutely superb from them. Um, they'll be absolutely chuffed. And like we said, Bangladesh up next, Rob, for Oman. And I think we get on to that one now. They thought they'd won it about four times, didn't they, against Scotland? Oh, they did. They, they, and so did I. And so did I. I, I said I was Game sat here working from home in lockdown in New Zealand and I was, I was watching it during the day, avoiding social media. And I was like, yeah. oh, mate, this is... This is a no-go or Scotland have just bust it. And, and all of a sudden, it turns into an incredible contest. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, basically, was, this was another incredible team and individual performance in this game, getting two of this qualifying tournament. Uh, Scotland, they, they made life as difficult as possible for themselves, as we've just said, before coming back to beat the favoured Bangladeshis. The star of the performer was Chris Greaves, playing in his only second international game. And apparently, according to Captain Kyle Kurtzer, he was recently working delivering parcels for Amazon, was Mr. Greaves. <laughs> How quickly things change. He's now getting a man of the match award in the first game for Scotland against a big team like Bangladesh to clinch a six-run win for Scotland. Um, so Chris Greaves, he top scored 45 with a bat at, uh, at number seven to help Scotland all the way up to 140 for nine after they had slipped to 53 for six. Um, Greaves also snaffled himself two for 19 in the Bangladesh reply, including the wicket star batsman Shakib Al-Hassan, uh, who's obviously only just recently come back from his ban. So as for Shakib, just worth mentioning here a little bit, he got two wickets. He's established himself now as the leading wicket taker in T20 international history, 108 victims. One more than Sri Lanka legend Lasith Malinga. Uh, the only people I think anywhere near Rashid Khan, 95. Tim South, is he in the Kiwi squad, Rob? Uh, yes, he is. Yep. He yep. is. So he's on 99 as well. So they are the only current players that are chasing uh, Mr. Al Hassan. So they'll be looking to catch him. But uh, yeah, decent game. 140 for nine in the end for Scotland. Bangladesh, 134 for seven. They missed their target of 141. Mushfika Rahim, top scoring with 38. Mamadullah, 23. Uh, Brad Wheel, three for 24. Impressive as well for Scotland. Um, no time to wallow for the Lions either. So as yep. we said, Oman coming up. 
this is absolutely a must-win next game for Bangladesh, but Oman will be feeling very good about it. it. It's such a strange... I think this is the best thing about T20 cricket, mate, is the fact it can change on a dime and you can end up mm. with different outcomes very, very quickly. Because I was watching this, and I was watching how the Bangladesh opening bowlers were going about the business, tasking Ahmed. I was like, he's bowled 90 mile an hour. When was the time we had a Bangladesh bowler bowling 90 mile an hour, swinging it and bowling mm. absolutely superb? He had Carl Coates are in all sort of trouble. Um, Safudin bowled really well. Rahman bowled really well. And they were absolutely cruising. You look at this, 16 overs down. Scotland were 96 for six. And then they went bang towards the end. But it's not, it's not about going bang to score 200. And I think that's going to be one of the great things about this World Cup. In the last four overs, they went from 96 to 6 to 140 for nine and gave themselves a chance of winning this contest, thanks to mm. some great hitting by Chris Greaves and Mark Watt as well, who shouldn't go under the radar for his 22 at the end. He had to be there with him to yeah. allow him to, to take it on. But it was, just a, it was just a great performance, and wickets just constantly fell apart. I think Bangladesh would look at it and say their weakness generally is their ability to chase down runs. And again, it doesn't matter who they're playing against. The weakness was the ability to chase down runs. They had a poor, poor first six overs. 25 for two mm. off the first six overs. All of a sudden, you do that to yourself, 140 is actually quite a big target. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Greaves, obviously, you spoke about the, the runs, how they got them runs in the end. 45 runs off 28 for his man of the match, not. But Bangladesh, they didn't ever seem to get going properly, did they? They seemed to be waiting. They seemed to be playing almost like a what we would call like an almost an old cri a club cricket knot, where let's make sure there's wickets in hand at the end. Let's make sure. Steady foundation. But, they, I mean, you know, six, seven runs short with seven wickets down, three wickets in hand. They've got to be kicking themselves, haven't they? Yeah, you know, You've got to go and just take that risk. Four. Yeah, absolutely. Too much of this. 38 of 36 from Mushfiqur Rahim as a top scorer and Mamadullah, 23 of 22. Yeah. You know, it's great that they, they were the top scorers, but if you're going at about a run a ball, you've got to be scoring a little bit quicker, especially if you've got a, a few weeks in hand and you're only losing by six runs. Disappointing for Bangladesh, but Scotland, absolutely incredible victory. Um, and again, like Oman, they'll be taking the confidence through to the next game. Yeah, it's superb, mate. I think that the big wicket that sealed it was Shakib Al Hassan, 20 off 28 balls. He knew he had to be there at the end. He got an awful half tracker and calling it a half tracker is probably kind mm. um, off Chris Greaves. Outside the off stump and he toe-ended it to the man out on the mid-wicket boundary, mate. And when that was done, that was like, that's that's the guy. It was, it's like Brian Laura playing in the 2000 West Indies team. <laughs> you get him out, you, you know yeah. you're in a really good position. And they never, they just never really recovered from that. They gave it a good run at the end, but they were always behind. And um, fair play to Scotland. They were the better team, had more heart, and they won it. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was the first day in the books. Two incredible games of cricket. Two surprise wins, I would say, yep. um, for the for the two teams. Maybe, maybe not Amman's as much, but surprising in how how complete their victory was. But as we've gone to day two, so today we saw Ireland against Netherlands and Namibia against Sri Lanka. Um, I'm going to start off with Sri Lanka first. Actually, it's a later game, but Sri Lanka. This is a pretty easy one to go through, isn't it? Namibia, the underdogs, 96 all out. Jared Erasmus, 20. The captain and Craig Williams, 29. Just nowhere near enough. They, they left you know, three balls to spare in the innings. They were all out. Mahis Texana, three for 25. Lahiru Kamara, two for nine off 3.3. Exceptional figures. And that little star in the making, Hasaranga, two for 24. Sri Lanka knocked them off with acres to spare. 39 balls remaining, seven wicket win. Vanuka Rajapaksa, 42 not out of 27. And Avishka Fernanda, 30 not out. JJ Smith, 
Trumpleman, our favourite named Namibian, Bernard <laughs> Schultz, all one wicket apiece. A solid win for the, I'd say, the qualifying stage big boys, Sri Lanka. So an easy, easy route there yeah. for, uh, for the Sri Lankans. Uh, they, and they looked the better team, mate. They, they looked what they should be, um, a full-fledged test nation that's capable of beating Namibia. They turned up. And, you know, I said earlier, you, you look at some teams and it's how do they do against someone like Chimera bowling at 90K, mm. uh, 90 mile an hour and 149K. Well, Zane Green opening the batting for Namibia got absolutely pinned twice on, on the noggin. And it was just a case of the ball was too fast for him. And there's yeah. no, nothing wrong with that. You right. expect mm. to see things like that. But it mm. is a, a rude awakening for people. Um, and to be fair, rolling back, George Munsey was brilliant mm. in his 29 for Scotland in the game that we just covered. Yes. But there were times where um, Taskin was bowling at 88, 89 mile an hour and he looked too quick. He, he looked mm. too, too quick for him. And Muncie was struggling a little bit, but he got him away for a four and a six. But it is mm. how, how do Associate Nations go with good pace mm. and against Sri Lanka, really top quality spin. They can, they're just a great team against, yeah, this, yeah. against this team, against this sort Big of time. team. Yeah, and then they, they've got the first game out of the way. The first game in any tournament, whether it's a football, World Cup or cricket, that's the one you're going to slip up on, isn't it? So if you can get a good win, a solid win early, you've got yourself in position where you can go on and then just consolidate and, and you know top that table or, or at least get second place. And Sri Lanka look like they absolutely will do that now. Yeah. Um, so let's get on to Netherlands and Ireland because this is a game which, again, the, the Celtic nations, Ireland, Scotland, they joined Scotland with a win here for Ireland. Um Netherlands really, really disappointing, I think, in this one. And they've put themselves in a position where they're going to have to beat Sri Lanka if they want to progress. So they are really up against it now. So Netherlands, 106 all out in the 20 overs. Max O'Dowd, 51 of 47. And Captain Pisa Selar, 21. But the story of this game, Curtis Camper, the 22-year-old Joe Berg-born Curtis Camper, putting a man of match performance, four wickets in four balls in the 10th over, seeing off Colin Ackerman, Ryan Tenderscarter, Scott Edwards and Rulef van der Merwe. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Mark Adair, he took an impressive three for nine as well for Ireland. That's halfway through the game there. You look, isn't it? It's game over at that point already, isn't it? It is. It's incredible. Like it's his first wicket of those four, which absolutely ripped it apart. But it wasn't just that. Again, you look at your power play. What are you doing? They were 25 for two, mate. They hit three boundaries in the power play at the start of the game. Not going to cut it. Back themselves into a corner. 50 for two after nine overs. 52 mm. for six after 10 overs. Absolutely incredible. Short one down the leg side, got reviewed, got given out. Then two, and this is key, two balls, full, not fast, but tailing in towards the stumps. Had two wickets, in, three wickets in three balls. And then bowled one outside off stump that the guy went and chopped on four on four. And at mm. that point, the game is just ripped apart. You see it mm. from time to time where a bowler just anything he touches turns to gold. And I, I guess it this is this is the peak. Like you have points in your career. A four in four at a T20 World Cup is absolutely the peak. And that man, I hope, is having a really, really good night on the Guinness <laughs> to celebrate, even though he's in the <laughs> middle of the World Cup, because he's deserved it. Bless him, bless him. So, yeah, I mean, it was something else, wasn't it? Like you say, by the time he'd finished that over, it was 51 for six, 50, whatever it was for two, and then 51 for six. It, that was it. All they could do was set a, a modest target, basically 106 on the board, so 107 target. Um, thanks, like we said, to that captain, Peter Silla. But Ireland made short work of it. Yes, three down, but Paul Sterling, 30 not out. He saw it through in a fluid 44 of 29 from Gareth Delaney. Yep. Got them uh, got them through, basically. Uh, he was dismissed just for the end, Delaney, wasn't he? But that was fitting because it meant that Camper was at the end, seven off seven, 
Yeah. Along with his four wickets, man of the match performance. Sometimes in games, you just need that late wicket. Delaney probably deserved to see them over the line, but it, it was a game that needed Camford to be there right at the end just to uh, just to get his red inker along with his four and four. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a hell of a day. How was your day out? Absolutely brilliant. Day Not of bad. my life. I'm loving it. Delaney was brilliant. Subs? Yeah, I'm just about to say, did he get his subs worth? Yes. He definitely gets paid £7 a <laughs> day and probably a good tea as well. Great um, tea, yeah. Sorry, Delaney. Delaney was class, mate. He scored 88, I think, in one of the warm-ups as well, off not many balls. And here he just continued. He looked like a man on fire. Paul Sterling played quite an under-the-radar under role for the sort of player that he is. But I, I, look at it. They're only chasing 106. He's batted through, got 30, scored at a strike rate of 76. That's great. He also bowled the first over of the innings with his spin and went for one run with five dot balls. He, you can look at it and go, he's, he's underperformed with the bat. He's not gone at his normal rate. But actually, the value he's added to this game is, is an, an, an amazing effort, really, when you look at it going one over in the first, um, first over of the game. I also want to give a quick shout out to Maxwell Patrick O'Dowd, who opened mm-hmm. the batting for the Netherlands. He was... He was the linchpin that kind of held it all together, scored it more than a runner ball. Also, born in Auckland and went to school around the corner from, from where I live um, and the school my kid might go to as well. So good to see oh, the Kiwis. Absolutely. absolutely. Kiwis all over the world, mate. Love it. So, so yeah, that's two days in the book. So it's well underway. The, the tournament feels very close now. Um, we're not quite there in the main part. That starts next week. But we have had warm-up games. Um, we've had a sight of what could be the future, haven't we? We've had some pretty good games today. Uh, we've had a South Africa uh, beating a- Afghanistan uh, pretty convincingly by the look of it. West Indies, Pakistan, Pakistan, a seven-wicket win, uh, seven win against Windies. Australia, New Zealand, Australia won by three wickets. Did I hear someone like David Warner got a first baller in that one? He did. Tim Southy got might. him first ball, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. But the big one, and the one we've just got to talk about for a few minutes, is... England, India. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not a bad warm-up game, is it? That's basically the bookies' favourites for this tournament are India and England, and they played it out today. Um, seven wicket win for India with six balls remaining, but a decent scoring game. One hundred eighty-eight for five for England, one hundred ninety-two for three for India. Chasing um, scores all the way through for England. The starts at the top of the order for Roy and Butler, Milan, but then Bairstow forty-nine. He top scored Livingston thirty. We'll get onto him in a minute. A bit of news about him. Moen Ali, 43, not out to go alongside his 30-odd not out in the IPL final. Um, so, decent little outing for England. It's not about the victory at this point, as we will say that because India won. Mohamed <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shami, three wickets, Bumrah, one, and Rahul Chahar. But it was the Indian response, wasn't it? That was what was yeah. most impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fifth, I'll just quickly rattle and then you you pick at it. But uh, yeah, KL Rahul, 51, rapid one off 24 balls. This is not KL Rahul, the test player. This is the white ball player. It's his twin brother. Uh, Ishan Kishan retired, not out on 70. He got his days working. Kohli, 11. Rishabh Pant, 29, not out. And then uh, just bits and bobs for Surya Kumar Yadav and Hardik Pandya for the ball at wickets for Willie Wood and Livingston. Um, so pick out what you want from that and then we'll just touch on Liam Livingston and whether or not there's a bit of a doubt for the first game uh, because of a, an injury. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Batting lineup 
it's kind of as you expect, everyone looking good. And I think you're going to look at it and mm. go, everyone got in a little bit. David Milan only scoring at a runner ball. His mm. ability to go on after getting in is what sets him mm. apart from everything else and why he's a cog to this team at three. 18 off mm. 18, then getting out is a little bit of a worry, but I'm sure he'll come good during the during the World Cup. Livingston getting some runs best, though, getting some runs what you'd expect. Moeen Ali, I think this is going to be Moeen Ali's finest World Cup. I, I really yeah. do. I saw a tweet about him the other day. He's won the World Cup. He's won the IPL. Can he go and win the T20 World Cup um, thrown into the mixer as well? It'll be quite remarkable uh, career if he can do that. Yeah, he deserves it as well, doesn't he? He's, he just seems to be playing. He's playing with that, that freedom. Obviously, he spoke about when he got back in the test side. It was a little bit difficult for him to readapt and think long-term in a, in a game of cricket. So this is where he wants to be. He, he looks like a man that's playing with some freedom. CSK and, and uh, you know, Mahendra Singh, don't you? they've got him playing with that freedom as well, haven't they, in the IPL? Hopefully, England can embrace this and go forward. Big question is Liam Livingston. He's got himself a bit of a mischief, hasn't he? Um, going for a catch in the deep in the 16th over. So we nearly got through this game without an injury. In warm-up games, yes, it's lovely to win. Yes, we want to see players hitting a bit of form. But the main thing is we get the team through without any injuries. And obviously, this is a bit of a bit of a worry. Um, we don't know the severity of it, but there is a doubt whether he will be a fit for the first game, which is obviously the first day of the tournament next week. So that's a big one. It probably answers one or makes it slightly easier for one man, and that's the captain. That's a certain... Uh, I get sick of saying his name, Owen Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. If you want yeah. him in, the, you start looking at this team, and it looks a better team without him. And that's not me being horrible about him. He's an important part of the, the setup. He's, he's the captain. He's been, you know, he's, he's huge part of the success of white ball teams for a, yeah. for a number of years. But you look at this T Twenty side, and you look at that batting lineup, and it looks like a better card without Owen Morgan at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with that, especially because Livingston's uh, he's big cheese material at the moment, isn't he? He's, mm -hmm. he, he's all Don't over the place. It. He's scoring runs. I'm not going to mention his name, but he, he's on fire. And I, I think we're a better team when Moeen Ali's in the top six as well. Not too high, but that yep. period where he can come on later, um, we we are a better team. I think if you if you look at this, minus the Livingston thing, what's, what's your worry about it? I think England's opening partnership with the ball needs to be really solidified and work mm. out what's that going to be. Because at six overs, they scored 59, mate. That's yeah. a really, 59 for none, that's a really, really solid opening partnership to get you off, especially when you're chasing 190, because then it's not cruise mm. control, but you're in control of the game at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Willie seems to bowl well. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch this game as uh, particularly, so watch little bits and bobs. But Willie, he's only gone for 16 off three overs. But yeah. then, the, then the, the rest of the, the card, apart from Livingston's two overs, everyone's gone 10 and above. Yeah, um, the, 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 you know, the spinners I would be a little bit concerned about. You know, they've gone at nearly 12, 14s and 12. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, 14 and 12, sorry, do apologise. Uh, but then the, the next three seamers, Chris Wokes has gone for 40 off his four overs without a wicket. Mark Wood, one wicket for 22 off his two. Uh, and none for 35 for Chris Jordan. So I, I don't know, there's no, no panic, absolutely no panic, but you just want to make sure that those guys get it out of the system in this game and uh, can kick on and uh, go forward from there. Keeping it with England, England Lions have finally announced the squad. So the main Ashes team has been announced to go to Australia. Mm -hmm. There's this... Lions team, which I presumably is there as a COVID backup, just in case we need a, a plan B thrown into the mixer. That has been announced as well. Yes. 17-man full squad announced, like you said. Um, this is probably arguably, actually not arguably, this just is the most important Lions squad in recent history, possibly ever. 
Um, let's really big this up. We don't usually have a big, big uh, excitement for Alliance squad announcement, but let's uh, have it for this one. So um, there is a potential for some of these players who we're going to name in a minute in to get themselves into the full squad with some strong performances. There's going to be intra-squad warm-up games, and they're also going to be playing a four-day game against Australia A before returning home December the 16th. But some of these players, I'm absolutely certain, will end up staying with the squad. With me so far. Yes, I'm there. I'm, <laughs> I'm in Australia. I'm enjoying the sunshine, mate. And there's 32 English players having a knuckle. Do you know who's with you then? So Tom Abel is going to be with you from Somerset. Josh Bohannon, Lancashire. James Bracey, Gloucester, obviously played a couple of games uh, earlier this year for England. Or oh, was it one? I can't remember. That was two, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Bryden Cars of Durham. Mason Crane, the spinner from Hampshire. Matthew Fisher, Yorkshire. Ben Folks of Surrey, the wicketkeeper. Alex Lees of Durham. Saqib Mahmood, Lancashire. Liam Norwell, Norrell, however you want to say his name, from Warwickshire. Matt Parkinson, the leggy from Lancashire. Dom Sibley gets a call up from Warwickshire. Jamie Smith from Surrey and Rob Yates of Warwickshire. So the big news for me, the big takeaways for me of this one, obviously you've got people like Ben Folks in there. But for me, Durham opener, Alex Lees, he's back, he's in there. We wanted some opener cover, didn't we? Dom Sibley's obviously in there, but Alex Lees was the other name that I was kind of mentioning when Hasib Hamid got the call up. So I'm really pleased for Lees. I think he's a really, really talented player who's took a long way round, let's put it that way. Um, I'm also really excited to see Surrey's supremely talented Jamie Smith in there as well. Really good batsman, can play at the top of the order anywhere in that middle order, like most Surrey players can. Uh, and he can keep wicket as well. So some, some interesting names in there. Yeah, there are, mate. I think Abel's a great shout to be around. There's mm. been calls for him to try and fill the number three void for England, considering yep. his success at Somerset over the last three or four years. He's always constantly around, but never quite been mm. able to go, hey, I'm, I'm England worthy mm. uh, to bat at number three, even though we've had a terrible number three issue for quite a while. Good to see James Brace is not forgotten about just because he's really yeah. struggled. He... he he was horrendous in those two test matches against the Kiwis. That doesn't mean he's a bad test match player. Bradman scored no. not on debut. So I'm not saying he's going to be Bradman, but I'm saying he's not <laughs> He's not bad enough to average three in a test uh, career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's good to see Bracey in there and folks as well. So nice wicketkeeper cover, isn't there? Just in case yeah. we do have any issues with uh, Butler or, or, uh, or uh, Besto. Um, Saki Mahmood, I'm really pleased. You know, he will yep. count himself unlucky not to be included in the full squad. Yes. Bryden Cast was a name that we thought about, maybe might have just snuck in there as well. Big, big unit of a guy, uh, you know, big broad shouldered fella, a bit of a Tremler esque. And that's what this uh, England team tend to like over in Australia, get some bounce on these tracks. Liam Norwell of Warwickshire as well fits that same bill. Matt Fisher's a little bit of a surprise name. I'm pretty yeah. sure he made his debut when he was about 16, didn't he? I mean, if that's Sussex now, it's pretty much an old player. <laughs> uh, but, but a few years ago for Yorkshire, that was that was something that we was all talking about. So it's a really interesting squad. Judge Bohan has been absolutely key for Lancashire as they marched on uh, to try and get somewhere this year in the Championship. Uh, and obviously Warwickshire, with this form that they finished the season with, they've been rewarded, haven't they, with a few of those names. Rob Yates, worth mentioning. He's got the pick, I think, probably above um, Haynes, Tom Haynes of Sussex, who, uh, ju who just picked him in the run-scoring charts. But Rob Yates was there or thereabouts, getting on to about 1,000 runs by the time it was all done. Um, really promising squad. Like we said, they're going to be around the squad. The 17-man squad that England have announced, it will be supplemented, I'm certain, by at least two or three of these players. They will be staying with the squad. All the way through, obviously, they're going to be flying home on the 16th of December. So, you know, there's time for them to really catch the eye of the coaching staff, Chris Silverwood, etc. Talk Just quickly, I just want to talk about a few omissions. I've spoken about Tom Haynes already. That's a bit of a surprise for me. Who else? Who else, Rob? Are you a bit surprised didn't quite make, didn't make this uh, this backup team? I think James Vince is one that kind of sticks out because when we were talking, who's going to bat at three for England? Mm. It was it was a, it felt like a conversation between Milan and Vince as the two with international experience that could come mm. in and do a job. Yeah. So to see him not included in this, 
But mm. I could be wrong, but was got some sort of central contract. I might be making that bit up, but I felt like he did get some sort of, hey, you're all right by us. I, I feel a little mm-hmm. bit wrong. I could be wrong in saying that. There might okay, be a fact yeah. check coming on YouTube comments yeah. going, hey, Bobby, you, you know <laughs> <Yeah>. Jack. <laughs> if, it, if it was one, it would be an incremental one. And, and the, yeah. the central contracts now are a white ball, T20 one days and test match combined. So if he has snuck in there, it is because of obviously he is a one day player, etc., isn't he? So, so yeah, but there's always an expectation that he'll be around any squad. Whenever we announce a squad for a winter, his name will always be banded around. He'll be retired and we'll still be wondering why he hasn't made the squad. Um, so I do agree with that one. Liam Livingston as well. I think he was somebody that the press and others were starting to bandy around as a maybe getting there just because of how well he's done in white ball. Now, if this was the old uh, setup with, uh, with what's his name, old aviator sunglasses, man, he'd have had him in on the back of the T20 uh, performances. Yeah. But I think it's fair that they've said that his Red Bull performances aren't quite there yet, especially yeah. when you compare it versus some of the other players that have made it. So it's good that they are rewarding um, some, some Red Bull County cricket performances over White Ball, which is Livingston. Uh, but he's there or thereabouts, a stunning T20 World Cup, and he could certainly change that. And he, he, he could be the, uh, living in Australia over the new year. Um, a couple of them, um, Marverdi, maybe, Surrey Spinner. Um, yep. And then a couple of, you know, bowler Sam Cook of Essex, 56 wickets around that figure he took this year. I think he's probably about the third leading wicket taker. And Harry Brook, the auction middle order player, but he will be in the big bash. So yeah. I suppose he's still going to be around in, in some capacity, isn't he? I wonder if the Harry Brook one is tactical. Mm. Exposure of playing in the big bash, England yep. might be going, um, you're a white ball cricketer for us in the foreseeable future but you're not mm-hmm. a Red Bull cricketer for us yet. And that's absolutely fine. And his better experience is going to come from playing in the Big Bash, the exposure, the amount of games, the quality mm. around him, um, and getting experience of doing that. Mm. That that could easily be why that decision has been taken on. Also, James Vince just fact-checked. No central contract. Oh, no rough. idea where I've made that up from. <sighs> Shocker, shocker. A uh, couple of other names I just want to throw in there as well that just, just part of the conversation. Jake Libby, Worcester opener of a thousand run season for him. Uh, but as we did speak about when we had our friend Tolly on recently, a lot of those runs Libby did score were early on in the season when it yes. was an absolute batting, just just a butte, wasn't it? That track at Worcestershire at New Road. So um, it's not all about that, but he's, you know, maybe they're, they're taking that into consideration as well as age. But for me, it's a name I keep bringing up as well. Derbyshire all-rounder, Matt Critchley, a thousand runs in county championship with 30 plus wickets. Yes, people uh, like um, the Evergreen Kent all-rounder that's name just escapes me for a moment. Robin, Darren Stevens is going to tell me. He's got all the plaudits for being the, 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 the finest all-rounder this yeah. season. But Matt Critchley, 30 plus wickets and a thousand runs. Does it every year, mate? He's, he's quality, eh? Ascending player. I just, I, it's a shame he's not got the, uh, got the credit uh, and snuck himself in this squad as well. But it is what it is. Uh, Jamie Smith, that's going to be my tip to uh, to make the England squad uh, along with Saki Bermud. So uh, just going to throw those out there. Very, very nice, mate. So it's a good looking mm. squad. Excited for it when it kicks off. But we yes. do have T20 action going on before then. But there mm. is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the quite way to phrase this. A shake-up in the Australian top well, something's, order. something's been shaking, hasn't it? It definitely you know, has. You, you know all about this, mate. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, what as we go through, even through the World Cup, as we get news that influences the Ashes preparations and the Ashes series, we're going to keep jumping on it, like we have done with that England line team. Ashes update for the hosts. Uh, Australia, Wilk, Wilk uh, Pukowski, Pukowski, yeah. mate. Um, he's having a tough one. Uh, Rob, you know you've had your concussion issues. 
um, misdeeds in a wrestling ring. Yours, wasn't they? Um, yeah. Bukowski's 23. He's got his 10th concussion. Um, you know, we follow American sports. And when you're talking third or fourth concussion, you're saying, oof, this could be career ending. Yeah. I'm not saying we're at that point with this guy, but he's 23. He took an, uh, the opener took a blow to the head last week um, uh, whilst training with Victoria. And he's managing uh, his recovery with the staff. So he's somebody that probably was in contention, more than likely would have been opener um, when they uh, when England come to town. He scored 62 on his test over against India in January, probably the last test Australia played, um, before having surgery on a shoulder injury. Um, so he's averaging 53 in first-class cricket. Um, this is a big one, really. Um, first of his concussions came playing Aussie rules as a teenager. He's had another eight. Bounces, dive to complete a run, a, run, a blow in the head, in the field and hit a door at his home. He doesn't like his head. That's all I can think. <laughs> but he's, he's, had, he's had a rough one and it's going to take him longer to recover just because obviously he's had these, these, uh, these issues before. But he's opening the door now, hopefully not banging himself anywhere he shouldn't. Um, but Marcus Harris, who had an exceptional summer for Leicestershire, but also had a horrific summer in England in 2019 against England. Uh, but he's getting himself talked about. Tim Payne interviewed interview talking about Bukowski. He name-checked Harris. Obviously, 10 ca- test, test caps for him. So we could be seeing a bit of a change of the guard up top. Um, Bukowski was probably the man expecting to get the game, but could be Harris instead. Could well be, mate. I really feel for Bukowski. Mm. He's been longly touted as a real high-quality player for Australia. Averages almost 54 in first-class cricket already. Mm. Six quality. centuries of which two are big daddy double hundreds. And mm. I always liken it to there's less teams, so there's generally higher quality, more intense matches. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go do that is is pretty special. But there is a toll that's coming with it. He's had multiple concussions from bouncers and from just yeah. generally playing cricket after the, the AFL stuff. So mm. it, it's and he's had breaks for mental health. And now there's no details around why he had breaks for mental health. They might be um post-concussion syndrome that he suffers with or it may be mental health Mm. um, problems that's going on. But it's just, it's really sad to see that a lad that's so young has got these problems. He's not even 24 years old. He's been struggling with concussions Mm. for about four or five years. Um, You've got to try and put the well-being of the player before anything else. And Mm. hopefully everyone goes, right, this this is what's best. And hopefully he can work out what's best for him. Playing cricket is a completely different thing to playing rugby or American football with concussions. So I don't know how feasible it is to continue with 10 concussions. Um, mm. it, it, it's just quite sad. It's, it's quite sad. To it see. really is. It really is because you want him, first and foremost, you want him to be well. It's as yeah. simple as that. Like you said, he has taken breaks from the game for other reasons as well. Um, you, you've got to wonder if, if, you know, we don't want to speculate too much, but you've got to wonder if some of the, the impacts of those concussions have, have, have impacted that. Obviously, he's a young player, young man trying to make his way in the world and in the game. He's going to get frustrated. He's going to get down, et cetera, every time one of these things happens because it knocks him back, doesn't it? Every time he thinks he's on a run of going somewhere, he's, he's ta- having to take a, a number of steps backwards. And it's, this is what's happening again. Like he said, it's going to take him much longer than a, a, anybody else would do yeah. um, because of the impacts he's, he's already had. So, uh, yeah, we, we kind of make a little bit light about it, talking about hitting the door at home. But, you know, we, we wish him all the best and it'd be great to see him opening up for, um, for Australia again in the Ashes. But it, it could well be a different partner for David Warner 
uh, who we said earlier, David Warner, first ball of the innings in the warm-up game. He <laughs> Warner. Come Warner's, on, buddy. Warner's not, not even good, Nick. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep touching on the Ashes. And I, I keep my ear to the ground and watch some of the, the Aussie news out here. And, you know, if there's mm. anything that I pick up over that and... Fox, Fox, uh, Fox Sport Australia are doing a Fox really Cal. good Road to the Ashes podcast, which is available on YouTube. It's got Brendan Julian, Mark War, and they always bring in a Michael Vaughan or an Atherton or a Hussein mm. or someone like that to give an English sure. perspective as part of the lead up. So highly recommend listening to that. Ashes done, mm. T20 up to date, four games down. So that makes my maths that there's eight games left as part of this stage, Rich, where we're trying to work out which two teams mm. to go through. Just before we go, yes. I think it's worth going out of the eight games left. How hard is it now for Bangladesh to qualify? They are one slip up, one slip up against a good team from not qualifying. Absolutely. And, and like that we said earlier. Yeah, don't want to go over old ground like we've already covered, but Oman, they're, they're confident. They're coming into this yeah. with a lot of confidence. They're a very experienced team. They've been together for a long time. They're a very close-knit team. Um, they're going to bring everything. And Bangladesh, if they can't score quickly, you know, if, if Oman bat first and set themselves a decent target, or even chasing, Bangladesh have got to put runs on the board. It's as simple as that. And it's the next game. It's make or break for Bangladesh yeah. coming up. Um for the rest of them, everyone's got a chance. Netherlands, as we said, they're really in the corner. Um, they're going to struggle to qualify now, so it really is Ireland's and Sri Lanka's to lose. Um, just the fact that Netherlands have got to beat Sri Lanka after that defeat to Ireland. Um, and that's what yeah. we're going to see tomorrow, mate. It's going to be Man, Bangladesh, Papua New Guinea, Scotland um, in tomorrow's games. So, mm. yeah, can't can't wait, can't can't wait for the contest. It's been a, mm. it's been a really good tournament so far. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it'd be great if we can jump on in the next couple of days again. We'll try and get a little bit more of an update. We're going to try and do this as we go through, aren't we, every two or three yep. days or so. And we've also got some other news we need to get to as well. Big news in the county championship. The structure has been named. It's a, <laughs> there's a certain county that has really lost out. And also, we just need to put a pin in the IPL as well, don't we? We, we saw the final played out recently um, for that one as well. So I think it'd be great next time we jump on to just uh, just maybe, maybe crack on with a couple of those bits as well. But uh, yeah, we'll keep chipping away at the news as the World Cup uh, progresses. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining mm. us, everyone. If you've enjoyed it, leave a big thumbs up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to us on mm -hmm. any platform. We are available. And we will catch you guys <laughs> next time.